to the Economy Guy. This is Tom Harvey. I give you information and facts and some of my personal opinions on what's going on in the world economy today. Occasionally I'll go off on a little sidetrack, but I can assure you those sidetracks have important economic impacts on what's happening and what's happening with your money. I want you to have the ability to make great financial decisions and informed financial decisions. That's the purpose of today's and every day's podcast. Sunday, July the 12th, and this is the Economy Guy. I have an action-packed set of things to talk to you about today. So if you have a friend that would enjoy this, please send them the link. I think this would... It will give them some pretty good information on the economy. I'm going to kick it off by talking about the unemployment or employment statistics and so that you have a much more in-depth knowledge when these numbers are quoted. I also have a special to talk about the money supply. I've seen some numbers for the first time rather than just words. I've seen measurements of the money supply in that's going on and I want to express what that means to you and to me. I have a, uh, a special topic I'm going to bring to you about a, uh, an area that is printing its own money in this, inside the United States. Woohoo! This is this exciting. And of course, we'll hit the markets and all of a, a bullet list of all of the other fun things that are going on in the economy. So stay tuned. That's what's coming. Why don't I just hit the market real quickly? Everything went sideways. Yeah, you know, a little bit's up and down, but who cares? Gold, however, crashed through the 1800 barrier, stayed above it the entire week. Spot closed below the 1800 at 1799, which I consider significant. On that happened on Friday at the close of the market for the week, uh, and it's significant that it's spot. The uh, futures market has been above 1800 before, but when spot finally crashed through and stayed up there and tested the 1800 as a support level several times, we've uh, officially gone through 1800. Watch out. There's no stopping. The sky's the limit now. So it will uh, pretty rapidly, I think, be going up to 19, 1920, hit the all-time record price for gold. This uh, gold was the best performing market of all markets, stocks, bonds, and you name it, it was crazy, of all of them in the first six months of this year, right? Up 18%. Anybody else get an 18% return? That is fantastic. So stay tuned, and I'm going to kick it off talking about employment and unemployment. Are these numbers any good? Let's find out. So let's start looking at the unemployment or employment statistics and what's going on. First of all, they're created by the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And uh, they look at the unemployed statistics and they have defined unemployment as someone who is able to work and seeking work but not currently working. That's the definition. Really? Okay, well, what, what does that mean in today's environment of COVID? What is going on today? When is someone truly employed? What about workers that are temporarily furloughed? Are they employed or not? 
What about workers that are paid by their company under the PPP program, but are not working? Are they unemployed or not? Clearly a different than the definition because they're not working. How about workers that are working from home? How about independent contractors like an Uber driver? Are they working or not working? It, it makes the statistics mushy at best. So that's the first message. Take any of these statistics you're hearing with a grain of salt. Now the BLS does statistical surveys and analysis, and that's all good, and it's worked great in the past. And now they're getting statistics from state agencies, and those state agencies have been and are currently backlogged, which means that there's too many unemployment claims coming in. They can't keep up. It, there's more work than people in the states that are doing this. So there's a problem here. This time around, how does it differ? Well, you know, 90 years ago in the 1930s with our Great Depression, well, we're having one now. That is the same. But what's different is this time the state aid is massive. And let me use that word again, massive, massive state aid. That's totally different than the 1930s. So that is kind of keeping the, the boat afloat right now. Now, June started uh, to show something new in our statistics and surprised some people. And that is there's a leveling out of unemployment claims in the 1.3 to 1.5 million people per week are claiming unemployment. Everybody thought that that would kind of just drop back down into the low levels of the pre-virus. It isn't. It isn't. So something else is going on in our economy. What is that? Well, we've had 110 companies so far in the United States. You know, other countries in Europe, they're doing it too. But in the United States, there's been 110 companies that have gone into Chapter 11 bankruptcy. That's not good. For example, there's a 40-year-old Miami called Coex Coffee Company that just declared bankruptcy. Why did it go out of business? 40 years of selling coffee. Fabulous, right? Well, they borrowed too much. They could not remain liquid. So they've gone out of business. So that's happening. And, and that was caused. They were pushed over the brink by this virus. A lot of companies are being pushed over the brink. We have a lot more surprises coming in the, our future about that. So hang on. I'll be right back and continue this story. With our employment, unemployment data. Here's a really interesting one. Uh, before the virus, back in December of 2019, the IMF, you know, International Monetary Fund, major world bank type thing, IMF, warned that 40% of the $19 trillion business debt, and that's money that businesses had borrowed, they've borrowed $19 trillion, that's on the books as of December 2019, and the uh, incidentally, the country with the most of that debt is the United States, is vulner vulnerable, that debt is vulnerable if there is a material slowdown in the economy. Now, is there anyone out there who doesn't think that we've had a material slowdown since December of 2019? If you don't think we've, if you do think we've stayed the same, and then maybe you're living on a different planet, and you shouldn't be listening to this really, but we have had a material slowdown. The implication is clear. 40% 
40% is a huge number of $19 trillion around the globe is at risk today because our economic slowdown was global. It wasn't any one country. It was everywhere. Uh, so we're talking about bankruptcies, you know, money going to money heaven, people getting really hurt with money. And we're talking about, hey, a trillion here and a trillion there. It adds up. 40% of $19 trillion is a lot, a lot of money. That's like close to eight, you know, seven and a half, eight trillion dollars, a lot of money. So how are uh, jobs recovering? Or do we have a happy story going on? Are things going on? Well, you can't believe the statistics coming out of the BLS. They're because they're kind of mushy, they, you know, so I, I don't, I kind of stay away from that. But there is a company in the United States that is uh, collecting stati statistics and they're good statistics. And they uh, compare the number of people employed today compared to in January of 2020. So before the virus, after the virus in the United States. Well, 51% of people were working, 51% of those people were working starting at the start of May of 2020 compared to January. And at the end of June, two months later, 77% of the of people that were working in January are currently working. That is... Actually, really good news in my mind. 77% is not 100%. It's down 23%. But it, it's really good news. It's a very fast recovery. It's It kind of supports the good news that you occasionally hear on the mainstream media. Okay, but. Okay, what's the but? Is there a but here? Job openings. How about the, you know, companies requesting new employees? Well, Today, that is down, and it's consistently down through the entire virus, and it looks like it's continuing into the future. It's down 20%, 25% of what it was last year. That says that there, there's not a lot of new jobs. If we were fully recovered, you would expect the new job openings would be just like it was before the virus. It isn't. It's down 25%. Something's going on. Just be aware that something's going on. So what industries uh, are being hit the worst? Because I've, I've talked about bankruptcies. I think there are some easy-to-define things. Those are the labor-intensive industries. Those are education, lodging, okay, think, think uh, hotels, right? Entertainment, think of boxing and, and football and basketball, that kind of stuff. Restaurants, for sure. Travel industry, think of the airlines. Retail stores, they're having a little problem, and commercial real estate. Those are the industries that are really suffering right now, and it's systemic, and it could be catastrophic for them. There's an existential risks to all of those industries, and uh, they will uh, come back probably to the 80 or 85%, meaning that 15 to 20% of that industry is going to disappear. That is massive. Be prepared for a lot more bankruptcies. That's the message about this jobs report. When you look, lift up the hood and look under it and you, and you hear that clanking noise, you know that something else is going on. Stay tuned. We're going to have a lot more fun time. Very interesting statistics on the money supply inside the United States. And it's the first time I've seen real hard numbers that have come out. 
and I want to share this with you because I think this is a really big deal, really big. First of all, how do you measure money supply? There's actually three definitions. They're all correct. One's called M1, and then M2, and M3. M2 is the one that most people talk about. But let's define them so you know it, right? What is M1? M1 is the cash that's out there. That's what people think money is normally, plus money market funds, plus your checking account. If you add those together, that's M1. Okay, how about M2? M2 is M1 plus your savings accounts. And why, why do they differentiate that? Because it's a little harder to get savings out than it is checking. And, and they're smaller CDs, so something under $100,000 CDs. Those are called small. Maybe it's half a million, but it's a small number. And then there's M3. M3 is M2 plus large CDs, which are an institutional market money. That There's huge amounts of that out there. And uh, repros, short-term repros, those are government instruments that are, there are lots going on right now. And treasuries. You add that all in, you get M3. But what's the interesting news that I have just seen? That is, this year, this year, 2020, well, let's, let's start earlier than 2020. What's happened to these numbers, M1, M2, M3? If you graph them and you look at them over time, you see that they slowly are going up and it's very smooth and it's, you know, like a rolling hills. It's very smooth. Okay, what happened in 2020 is it, took a left-hand bend straight up, all three of these numbers, kaboom, straight up. Uh, I've, that's never happened before. Yeah. So what happened? Let's give you the numbers. M1 went up 32% this year. M2 went up 19% this year. M3 went up 12% this year. Just boom. Now, what do I say this year? This year's only half over. In fact, they didn't start... How did this happen? They started printing money, and the Fed has added liquidity. Isn't that a sweet word? Added liquidity to the system. They've thrown money at it, the system. They're keeping people afloat. Helicopters have gone over all communities and dropped money onto people. Everybody get their 1200 bucks. How about the PPP program? Well, there's lots of programs going on. Unemployment's going crazy. A lot of money coming out. A lot of new money coming out. Well... That is phenomenal that this happened. And it didn't happen in the last six months because this didn't start happening until March. And these statistics came out earlier than the end of the six months. So actually, this is probably a three-month period that we've had this jump of 32% or M2. Let's just talk about M2. That's the important one. 19% increase. Kaboom! That's overnight, 19%. What does that mean? To me, it means, watch out, inflation's coming. 19%? Eh, that's not a lot of inflation. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Yeah, so pay attention. Pay attention. It, but you don't see it out there yet, do you? No. I predict you will see it out there. You don't see it now because we are in a deflation. Okay, there's many, many goods that are out there that are now selling for less than they did before. That's called deflation. When the, your dollar buys more than it did before. Some items are inflated, that's true. Some, so there's some food items that are costing more money, et cetera, et cetera. But overall, overall, if you take every item into account, the actual cost has gone down. That's deflation. That will change, and that will turn around. It'll turn around maybe by the end of this year, maybe sometime next year, and we will start seeing inflation. It's coming. 
it's coming. And this is the this is the nasty measurement that shows it's coming. So stay tuned. That's it. I wanted you to know that, hey, this we have a measurement of inflation coming now. That's a big deal. Now, fun article next I will give you on uh, creating your own money. Your own money. Well, you wouldn't be alone. No. There is a town called Tonino. It's in the state of Washington. And they have started printing their own money. They are printing $25 bills. And they are sprinkling that around uh, to the... Uh, in, well, there's only 2,000 people that live in this town. Sprinkling it around the people in need that need them. And they are ex exchangeable for goods, $25 worth uh, each note, in any of the shops up and down. And they're accepted in all the shops in the main, main street of the town. It's a small town. And isn't that interesting? And... They are exchangeable one for one for U.S. dollars at the city hall because they're issued by the city. Isn't that great? I mean, this is really interesting. The, um, they did the same thing in 1931, and it was successful. That's why they're doing it now. That, I find that fascinating, too. And they um, are using the same printing press today that they used back in 1931. I find that even more interesting. Watch out. Gee, this is fabulous. Now, how do they control this? How do they just, you know, stop from printing money? Well, they capped the amount of bills that they would create in this small town at $10,000 worth of $25 bills. That's how they make sure they're not going to spend more than, than they can afford. That's in their city budget. So they're paying for it. And it's a way of, it's a, a social benefit. And it's their way of doing it. And it's actually a way of getting money down to the local stores when the, our current national program, the PPP, was actually swamped by the big guys, the big stores, the big big everything, people that took hundreds of thousands of dollars for their company. Not, not this one. This is for the little guy, and that's why it's working. It's kind of interesting. Um, also, people have donated money to the city to print more money. So they people have donated another $10,000 to print another $10,000. Isn't that interesting? So there's some some good, good thinking people, some generous people there. <clears throat> and here is the ultimate part of it. I would love to have some of this money. I Seriously, you know why? Because collectors are paying twice as much for the face value. If you got a $25 note, somebody's going to pay you 50 bucks for it. This is fabulous. Where can I go to buy it? Okay, coming up next is our uh, heart fast, uh, rat-a-tat-tat hitting news articles of what's going on this last week. Stories which are kind of interesting. First of all, we talked about Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Well, Brooks Brothers, a major men's suit Manufacturer has declaring Chapter 11. Goodbye, Brooks Brothers. You're going the way of Neiman Marcus and J. Crew. Yes, indeed. Here's another one. This is a positive story. If you own an RV or you rent out your RV, you are having the most money you've ever had in your life. This is a big boom industry. People are renting RVs and driving to RV parks, and it's all because they want to be safe from the virus. Very interesting. Another story here. Oh, the virus, the virus. 
Here's one. If classes aren't held in universities, then the foreign students could be asked to go home. Yeah, that's coming out of the federal government. And uh, that will mean that those universities are going to lose about $41 billion worth of fees. That's a kind of a kick in the pants, isn't it? Okay, how about a positive story here? The Chinese stock market is higher than it was before the virus started. Yes, it is. In fact, last week, the Chinese mar stock market went up 10%. Bet you wish you were in it. Wish, bet I wish I was in it. Okay. Um, uh, here's, how about spending? How are people spending in the United States? In the United States, the low-income people are spending just as much money today as they did before the virus it came along. And the high-income people are spending 10% less. What's wrong with them? Come on, kick it up a gear. Spend a little more. He'll enjoy it. Oh, well. Now, how about the EU? The European Union is predicting that their GDP for 2020 is going to be down 8.7%. Down 87 That doesn't sound like a lot, 8 Who cares? Well, the answer is that is enormous. That is huge. Any decrease is bad. But 8.7% is <coughs> terrible, cat catastrophic. So don't underestimate that one. Okay, how about the uh, rental market in New York City? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, woo, woo. Well, the number of listings that you could rent uh, was in Manhattan was up 85%. And in uh, Brooklyn, it was up 57%. That says that... Uh, People are leaving their apartments for some reason, and uh, there's more on the market. The uh, prices haven't gone down, incidentally. If you want to rent one of those, those expensive apartments, they're still expensive. Yep, they are. Okay. Um, oh, here's one that's kind of a follow-on from last week. That the uh, Remember I talked about that the uh, in uh, Iran, there was a kind of a big boom that went on uh, in their nuclear facility, and... Uh, there's more news coming out about that. It was worse than people thought. It really has uh, shut down their uh, ability to make an atomic bomb. Well, last week, last Thursday, the same day of the other one, one week later, there was a, a fire and explosion in western Tehran. And uh, very little information. There's an official, official denial that it even happened. Well, I've come around to believe that never believe anything until it's officially denied. And... So, uh, but it, according to sources uh, that live in Tehran, it was near a uh, a, uh, a big uh, ammunition dump that the uh, Iranian army runs. Those are the stories for this week. I hope you enjoyed them. And I look forward to this coming week, and I look forward to talking to all of you. Uh, don't forget, if you enjoyed this, send it to your friends. Push that subscribe button. It comes out every week. Be, be seeing you again. I'm looking forward to it. Bye. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. This is Tom Harvey, and I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. So understand that nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect 
of decisions made by listeners. <laughs>